Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steppe, doing a mailbag edition of the podcast this week. So thanks to all of our subtext subscribers for the great questions. So the most popular question was about the gambling investigation. Not too much to report there. In fact, really nothing to report there. Nothing has been announced since they made the initial announcement back in May. I've submitted public records requests. I'm sure others have as well. When I requested the names of the individuals involved, I believe it was four different exceptions they cited in the Iowa state code that they used to deny that. So a few things to keep in mind with why this hasn't been resolved yet. It's a complicated process. You've got the investigation from law enforcement. You have the investigation from the NCAA. The NCAA is historically not super fast about their investigative process. If you look back at Iowa's last major infraction, that was the Bon Chemansky, the volleyball coach, paying for some of an athlete's expenses. And that took about a year for the NCAA to come to their negotiated resolution with Iowa. Now you have players who have eligibility that you have eligibility issues. If this goes on too much longer, I'm sure everyone at Iowa would like to get this resolved before fall sports, especially when you have some fall sports and some winter sports athletes who are involved with the investigation. The sooner that this gets decided, the better for Iowa. But as of right now, not really any news to report on who specifically outside of baseball. Obviously, Keaton Anthony was kind of the high profile person in that or highest profile person involved from baseball in this investigation. But in terms of who specifically and what the punishment could be, it's still a case of wait and see right now. Of course, along those lines, you do have the example of Alan Tisdale, the Virginia Tech linebacker who did not realize that he was breaking NCAA rules by making bets on the NBA finals, had misunderstood the NCAA's gambling rules, Again, this is a football player who was betting on the NBA playoffs. The NCAA did not, and granted, he self-reported right away once he realizes a violation. It seemed like there were a lot of factors that would go in Virginia Tech's favor, and Tisdale was suspended for nine games. After sus- or after appeal, the suspension got reduced to six games. So the NCAA has not taken this lightly. It's hard to say too much more just until we know more details of what is the nature of these alleged offenses. A thing to keep in mind, too, is depending on how widespread. Again, right now, it's just people involved in an investigation. You don't know guilty, not guilty that along those lines. But it'll be interesting if this is widespread Certainly something that would not be good for Iowa is if the NCAA determines that there's a lack of institutional control that could potentially 
be very much not good for Iowa as an institution, along with the individual suspensions. So much of this is speculative right now. It's a case of wait and see. How long are we waiting? Hard to know. Then um, a question about how Cade's camp with the receiving core went. So I'll be writing more about this on should be out in the next few days, but kind of the spark notes version. So Cade McNamara, well, I should back up here and say quarterbacks often work with private quarterback coaches like Spencer Petras worked with Tony Rassiopi out in New Jersey. Nate Stanley also worked with him. So Cade McNamara works with Jordan Palmer and So it'd be typical for, say, after spring practices for Cade to go out to California and work with Jordan. Well, he decided the idea kind of came about to instead of just having the local guys out in California catching passes for him. What if he brings his receivers from Iowa out there and Certainly from what Cade was saying on Wednesday when we got to talk to him, he certainly sounded optimistic about how that worked out. And really, in general, anytime that you have the ability, when you have a new quarterback, when you have some new receivers, you have a lot of newness with the personnel on this offense. Having that opportunity to gel, that time to build chemistry, certainly does not hurt at all. Then a question about defensive backs recruiting. Um, So no defensive back commitments yet in the class of 2024, but I would expect that to probably change in the next few weeks. If you told me, or if you were to ask me on July 10th or July 15th, sometime mid-July, I would expect that you'd probably have a commitment by then. Of course, crazy things can happen in recruiting. No guarantee of anything. But I would expect that to probably change in the near future. This weekend is a really big weekend for recruiting. You've got a lot of 2024 recruits going on their official visits. You have a whole bunch of them who've already committed. Most of the people who have already committed to Iowa are going on their official visits this weekend. And then you have some certainly key recruits in the 2024 class who are also going on official visits this weekend to Iowa. Certainly not overlooking the guys who have already committed because you certainly want to retain those guys as well. But to go back to the original question with defensive backs, nothing yet for 2024, but that could very well change very quickly. Um, Question about the wide receiver depth. The additions certainly help a lot. Caleb Brown, the Ohio State transfer. We've heard a lot of good things, including on this podcast last week with my friend Doug from Cleveland.com. We've heard a lot of good things about Caleb Brown. Really a small sample size at Ohio State, but you know, to be even recruited as a wide receiver at Ohio State certainly speaks to a certain level of potential. So that certainly helps. Seth Anderson, you know, another transfer portal addition, he certainly helps, but the depth really is dependent on the newcomers and how does Brown fit in? How does Anderson fit in? Otherwise, you don't have a ton of returning experience at wide receiver that has had a lot of production. You know, you have Nico Ragini, you have Deontay Vines, you have a lot of walk-ons who've 
had a little more experience maybe in practices and games than otherwise expected just because of the lack of depth. But that certainly is an area where Iowa is not super deep. But then again, when you have Luke Lachey and Eric Hall, how much do you need that wide receiver depth? You certainly need some of it, but can they get by? Quite possibly. Um, Then question about with the redshirting rules, how athletes basically have 10 semesters, five years of eligibility when including the redshirt year. How does the new COVID extension apply with Rusty Feth from Miami of Ohio, can he get a sixth year of eligibility? So the 10 semesters includes the redshirt year. So at first glance, you see, okay, Rusty has been in college for four years. You'd think, okay, another two years. But he confirmed this week that he has one year of eligibility remaining. So he did not use the redshirt year. It can be a little confusing at... Uh, at first glance, just because with the 2020 season was weird with them only playing three games. But Rusty said only one year of eligibility remaining when we talked to him this week. So it's a, certainly a good addition. Certainly adding that experience can only help. And adding somebody who's already familiar with offensive line coach George Barnett from their time at Miami of Ohio certainly helps as well. So he played center the last two seasons. It's pretty clear that Iowa likes him at guard. They seem pretty happy with Logan Jones at center. It certainly helps with the offensive line depth to have Beth in the mix, even if it is just for that one year. Um, And then some quick thoughts on Chris Murray going to the Portland Trailblazers in Thursday night's NBA draft. Another first-round pick for Iowa, certainly not a bad thing for recruiting. If I was doing my math right, more draft picks from Iowa in the last three seasons than it had in the previous 20. As Fran is out recruiting, being able to sell guys on NBA potential certainly is not a bad thing. And you look at the situation he's going into with Portland. They've got a lot of talent there. It'll be interesting to see how he fits in with that. But I think he certainly has an opportunity to get some quality minutes to be a immediate contributor some interesting pieces there obviously with the veteran Damian Willard with the high draft pick Scoot Henderson so I'll be curious to see how things go in Portland Iowa fans might have to adjust their sleep cycle a little bit now that Chris is out in Portland and Keegan is out in Sacramento a lot of games in the Pacific time zone there well, thanks again for tuning into another episode of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. Until next week, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.